Great, just checking in with my quarantine MVP, number one on lockdown in the West Coast. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, it's it's going, it's coming up on a year. That's uh, that's insane. But yeah, but you're you're just crushing it. Uh, Lukasic reached out and he's like, "Man, Sean really is. He's just in terms of people taking this shit seriously and doing it right. Sean is crushing it." Whether it's having yeah, any it's kind good. of negative <laughs> impact on your uh, social skills or mental well-being or just soul, we we don't. Oh, I, I'm going to be like Nell after this whole thing comes out. I, I don't <laughs> think I can carry on a full conversation. But, yeah, I mean, I figure I'd just err on the side of caution. I've made a few enough mistakes in my life to know that uh, uh, to go through this one and it, it might not work out. So doing my damnedest. Well, good for you, Sean. Maybe we'll get you a, a new jumpsuit for the year. Or we'll uh, <clears throat> we'll make some parking lot drunk sweatsuits for just getting shit faced at home. Yeah, that's that's what it's all about. Embracing your own stink. I was doing a little bit of research on how to build an audience, and it has a lot to do with SEO. SEO needs a website, merchandise. We just need a lot. So I think just the more we expand, the more we can grow. And right away, we just. We need to buckle down and just throw money at this project. And really, because if you don't, I mean, you know, you got to throw money at things for it to grow. Don't, you got to spend money to make money. Listen. That's, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Organic is green. Money is green. Do you think that's a coincidence? I think not. We got to we nope. gotta make some eggs Fine. and break them for some omelets and whatnot. <clears throat> yes. But yeah, we are, uh, we're back for another episode of Parking Lot Drunk. I'm Christian Sandry. We got Sean Burke. From the El Segundo yeah. station, remote phone in as per usual during these strange, unprecedented times. El Segundo field office, doing doing our doing our best. Can we stop saying unprecedented? Because at this point, it's been a year. The, the precedent's been set. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm getting pretty sick of uh, now more than ever times like these, uh, trying times like all that is. Uh, it kind of takes me back to April when I'm like, no, you got to stop using these words. We've already moved past that. These empty words have lost meaning after a year of hearing them echo <clears throat> time and time yeah. again. But uh, speaking of unprecedented times, we're in more near presidented times. We're, we're coming up tomorrow or today, depending on when I get this out. Uh, the most romantic of holidays in February, I think. The third Monday yeah. in February, which means it's fucking President's Day. It's the best, the the best <laughs> holiday, if uh, if I can say. Yeah, it, it really focuses everything. It's funny that with like everybody going after Christopher Columbus Day and Thanksgiving, always getting of uh, you know people bringing up the uh, tumultuous nature of the natives and the uh, the the immigrant white people. But uh, somehow President's Day doesn't get brought up a lot in that conversation, which I feel is not I, – I, like, I don't know how they're getting by. <laughs> like, A, how, yeah. how do they get a, their own fucking holiday? They're the, they get touted as the most powerful man in the world, and then they get a fucking holiday on top of it? Like, Yeah, and if you look in history, most of the presidents did not do a good job. Yeah, pretty so, dog shit people. And It kind of feels like a – a half holiday where they're like, oh, we'll give you the day after Valentine's Day, I guess, when people are still kind of in a good mood and they maybe they will still like you, but. Yeah, uh, maybe it's more of an uh, apology holiday where it's like, I'm sorry, uh, we, we're trying our best, so here's a day off and hopefully that'll be okay because we're not giving you anything else for Christmas this year. It's, it's also weird that it's, it's, like a, it's like a time off holiday. It doesn't seem like it should be a time off holiday at all. Like, I, I it always comes around like during the year. And I'm like, oh yeah, we're we're out Monday. That's why are we out Monday? 
Yeah. Oh, President's Day? Okay. President's Day. I guess. Like, okay. Yeah. I mean, we don't get MLK off uh, officially, but President's Day, sure. Why not take one more day to celebrate another straight, powerful white man? Yeah. Or series thereof. Drunk. These drunk, gout-ridden uh, white men. Well, yeah, you're getting up to it. Uh, because not only are not they not the best people, but some of them they're not. Uh, they're not. They're they're not even good partiers. Some some of them are like. And some of them are, according to history, very good partiers. Yes, <laughs> and very, very good at keeping it together. <laughs> it's in the public eye. They're uh, they're holding it together yeah. for the for the country. For the culture and for the culture, country, they're holding it together for the rest of us. I'm going to go on a limb and, and just say I think most of them are lying. I know it's a it's a hot take to come across with a president lying, but I, I don't mean, believe most of it. But Are you trying to say these warmongering missile monkeys aren't t- speaking the full truth and are in fact speaking out of both sides of their mouth? I How dare you, Sean? How dare you, yeah. dare you speak ill of our executives? It's just chief? a hunch. But what what possibly through history could you ever base that off? What baseless rumor are you just throwing stones at our most powerful of uh, executives? I mean, it's pretty much just that everything they've done and everything they've ever said, I think, are the most damning evidence. But, you know, I'm just one person. I'm just one guy. I could be wrong. Hmm. So you're you're basing things off fact and historical precedent. Yeah. Okay, all right, well, we'll see if that holds up in court. So far, it hasn't seemed to do a lot of good, say, during an impeachment yeah. proceeding, but, um, you know. Clearly, there's no there's no consequences to doing anything, so why even try? The That's system the works, Sean. The system protects those that protect the system. And if you show yeah. a crack in the system, that's where the water gets in to break the dam. And that is too hazardous of a, president to, a precedent to set. So, I'm sorry. That's true. I'm sorry you liberal cucktards didn't get your gift, your parting gift, but, um, you know, Trump, Trump's going Trump. Listen, listen, we've all had some bad days where we tried to overthrow the government. You know, who hasn't had that? But let's just move on and forget that, you know, people didn't die, so. Yeah, let's just put it behind us. I mean, really, let's just listen to our old, old buddy fucking <clears throat> Death Hands McConnell and see where, see where he wants to yeah. lead us to. Old Melty McTurtle face. See what the God. see what he does. Yeah. I just want to start using these more in my everyday life. Where, hey Sean, uh, you didn't come into work. What what happened? Ah, you know that was that was last week. Like we just need to move past it. You know <laughs> whatever happened happened. But yeah, let's not point uh, fingers. Let's not point frostbitten fingers at each other. Let's just let's just pick up our skirts and move forward. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that I think that's the craziest part about Trump to me. I was watching um, an old bit of Geraldo did about GW, and uh, like it was basic. Like he could say the same thing about Trump because it's like this this whole like false character that they've they've come up with. Like G, G Bush was like a, this fake cowboy that was like all Texas and Mister Red yeah. State. Meanwhile, he was like a cheerleader at Yale. He like grew up on the East Coast, Connecticut. He got his DUI in Maine, where like yeah. how. In the, at his family's estate. In the 70s. <laughs> when when he was having a drinking contest with an Australian uh, tennis pro. Which... Like, those, aren't, those aren't salt of the earth, middle America uh, descriptors. I mean, we've all, we've been, all been partying with uh, you know, international athletes from time to time and just found yourself behind a wheel. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. At our vacation home in Maine. All of those things are just huge question marks for how he was like even caught because like Maine is so rural and spread out. How he even got pulled up? Like who? I forget what comedian well, made the had the bit about it, but he's like, you had to have been like so fucking like that's. I think that's when you could still have open containers in your car and like not get a DUI. So like, yeah, the thing I was reading was saying that. The, the place that they were drinking at was three miles from the ho- their house, and he made it one mile before he got pulled over. <laughs> so I don't know what zero-chill drunk driving you have, but <laughs> he, 
He must have just backed out of the parking lot into a police car. There probably was some, uh, there were some facts that were omitted from that police report. Like, yeah, people, bodies buried, cars destroyed. Not, not a lot of that adds up. But um, getting back to Trump, it's like, he's this, like, every man, make America great. He's representing the, the, you know, the farmer and the working man. It's like, it's been said so many times, but it's just, it's just so upsetting because it, it's like how do you think this guy gives a single fuck about you which can be said about pretty much any politician to be fair but him specifically like the american well, I mean, he's, some are better some are better than others that like hey this i want to do this because of this but to go on the like the jump to conclusions of hey this millionaire who got everything from his dad and who has ruined every business he's ever been on he's just like me the corn farmer like where are you getting this information? <laughs> Listen, he has a great uh, series of golf courses around the world, and he hires great people to take care of those. So, that, I mean, that's like a farm, kind of. I mean, it's got grass. And yeah. There's animals that he live on there. He promises to pay people and doesn't pay them just like I do. I'm the working man that is getting stiffed on his golf course. It's just that suspension of disbelief. Like, you have to remove yourself from it's so. It's kind of like dealing with somebody that's gotten... It is like a cult of personality because you, you're like, all right, I'm. It's been four fucking years. I'm never gonna understand people that like vouch for him. Like I, I don't get it, and yeah. I'm never gonna get it. And just beating my head against a wall, like and, and thinking that I'm eventually gonna get it, is is just gonna get me with a real bloody face and forehead. So, it yeah. is what it is. It's just, I think it's a lot of just picking and choosing what you will acknowledge is real <laughs> like this guy did this well i don't i don't agree with that but i agree with this you know like that's not how it works yeah i mean you've already been bought in so it's it's like any kind of cult or religion where it's just like you you have your narrative you you think you what's right is right and you find the things that support that and it's i think it's also mainly a by comparison thing because it's not like anything that he did, but it's it's also like the the pairing of uh, the fear that's being drum up drummed up against the opposition, like this rising t- red tide of communism and socialism that, like, which is <clears throat> it's what they do. What's a what a conservative conservative side has been doing for seventy years? Like any time that yeah. that's always the fear that he would literally on Trump was literally on record saying he was going to do that and scare have a red scare for as part of his you know motivational uh, campaign and that's what he fucking did and it worked swimmingly cuz you know you see these videos of people talking about uh black lives matter or whatever and that's always like are you a bolshevik are you a communist it's like yes yeah. but that's beside the point you, you still should you still shouldn't even be bringing up the phrase Bolshevik. Like, that's an outdated. That seems, like, way outdated for, like, well, they, an insult nowadays. But Well, they are, like, older yeah. rural people. That probably Like, that's probably in their vernacular still yeah. anyway. They're just reciting a line that they, they saw in Tucker Carlson or whatever. Yeah. But as much as people love hearing about Trump still, even though this motherfucker's been uh, ousted by our new non-drinking president, Joe Biden, uh, which is... How do yeah. we how we went back to back teetotalers? I don't understand. Like, if anybody needs a drink right now, it's the country that is as formerly known no, formerly known as the United States. But we well, got that's, that's another thing. I don't think Trump is telling the truth again. Another hot take, but when he says he doesn't drink, I think that's all bullshit as well. I mean, but who knows? That's another. That was another thing. It's like, all right, this every man symbol for you who doesn't drink and drinks diet coke like are you fucking kidding me like this is if you bring him over to a barbecue which he would never come to he's not even gonna have a budweiser with you fuck off this fuck this dude yeah but he might he might be partying super hard and mainlining adrenochrome for all we know but yeah he he doesn't he doesn't drink but you know he likes to get pissed on by russian (laughs) hookers so you know he's just like me <laughs> I mean, don't knock it till you try it. I, I you know, that's true. Try I'm not anything twice. Anybody. Yeah, whatever you're into, open yourselves up. Life is short. Experience some stuff. I don't yeah. know what Russian urine's like, but it might be fucking. I mean, I assume it's just mostly vodka based on an age old yeah. stereotype. Smell, smells of beets. You know, 
just stewed fermented cabbage, maybe mixed in with some a cocktail of uh, bathtub vodka, stewed in the upper tank of a toilet. Yeah. But you might, I mean, you might be on to something because, uh, but the only thing that I would say against him actually drinking is like, if, I mean, he's so unhinged as it is that if he came out hammered every now and then, or just like his, all the, the tweets, which do kind of read like drunk tweets. It's just like this impulse of yeah. like, Man. A lot of caps locks. Yeah. A lot it, of caps locks, a lot of yelling. Yeah. A lot of broken sentences. There's a, there's an overlap of me being hungover and having anxiety and just mad tweeting all this like random thoughts I have and then the kind of shit that he was putting out there. I mean to compare myself to the president, ex president, uh, if I yeah. should be so bold. But oh, hopefully we don't have to talk about this piece of shit anymore. But hope you know he seems it's he's like herpes. He keeps popping back up when you know stressful times arise. But yeah, um, he, he does bring up the point of uh, the presidential party and President's Day and uh, drinking. And we were thinking of doing a little uh, deep dive into the history of presidential drunks and partiers. It's a rich vein. There's a lot more than I would have expected, but yeah. I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I was pleasantly surprised doing what little bit of research this uh, that <laughs> you're going to get from this kind of podcast. But uh, there, yeah. there's some gems I'm, I'm and some surprises, to be perfectly honest. Uh, um, I don't know. Where do you want? Where do you want to start? You want to start at the start, or you want to like move back? Yeah, I mean, we can start with Washington. He seems uh, to have a pretty long lineage of alcohol but um it's crazy he had the largest distillery at the time he was president in all of america seems like everyone was drinking at those times but i guess when you're president you have the best yeah and you have a you have the the corporate credit card and your corporation is the newly formed america so it seems like yeah got a good thing i read uh so he did have one of the large or the largest whiskey distillery, and he was known to brew his own beer and Applejack, which I'd never heard of before. Have you ever had Applejack? Yeah, it's like a cider and whiskey, I think. Yeah, that's how they. I've they, had it. Yeah, I've had it a few times. Like it's a big like autumn thing in Michigan. Uh, people kind of make their own at that time too. So. Yeah, it seems like a very fall beverage and. <clears throat> in Ohio, the Midwestern type of Bev, Midwestern Bev. But, um, it's, yeah, it's just cider brandy technically. And did you read anything about how it's made or do you know already? Uh, no, I just, I kind of have a cursory understanding. I, I didn't know how you made it. Well, it's, they, I mean, it seems pretty sick. Cause it's just like, if you have this hard cider as it is, you can just, let it freeze in in the uh, the barrel and you just kind of skim off the the frozen parts on top and it distills it even to a, a harder alcohol and what you're left with is a uh, is uh applejack which sounds delicious but i was curious cuz it's like all the uh you know uh, the, i forget the what whatever they call it the uh crossbreeding of different like kinds of apples like if they were just like the apple back then versus the apple now is a world of difference. So I was like, were apples even edible back then? Or, yeah. So turning it into booze was probably the the best option. But it seemed like yeah, a cool way to they, distill. It seems like it's just like infusing type of thing, like kind of how you do like a gin. I just assumed that it was one of those things where you just like boil down a certain part of it and then you distill it. But Nope, just redneck put it out in the snow and skim off the top. That's how you do it. And apparently he had like people, uh, what, what I read was he had, um, it sounded like kind of like a Hunter S Thompson regimen of, of liquor every day. Cause he would have an entire bottle of Madeira, Madeira, Madeira. It's a port Portuguese. Yeah, oh, Portuguese. Yeah. Yeah. Portuguese fortifying wine, beer, rum, and punch all in a day, which you know, with palpable water was hard to come by, so uh, booze was shelf stable and more readily available. But 
apparently he spent roughly around twenty thousand dollars current money on booze a year. So that's a well. I saw the one that he spent fifteen thousand dollars in today's money on a party for fifty-five people. So yeah, which that that number might fluctuate. Yeah, and that was a <laughs> on a good year. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, which that that rounded out around like two hundred and seventy bucks per person of a bar tab for the uh, the first troop of the Philadelphia Cavalry. So when the yeah. when the boys come to town, they uh they come to town and to party. So good. It is funny to see like because I kind of saw like where it all started is when he ran for like this lower level position in Virginia uh, and lost because he he was like I'm not going to give uh, alcohol to people so they'll vote for me. And then he lost by a lot. And then the next election, he went out and he bought a ton of booze for everybody and then, like, won in a landslide. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that's where it started. He's like, I'll just keep <laughs> people drunk and they'll just keep voting for me. Yeah. And when we were talking about Prohibition, that really didn't click. Because um, to, to even go vote back in the day, like, it was a whole day traveling. And you had to, like, go, you know, it's, it's not, like... Today, when I bitched that I could had to go four blocks instead of two, it, like you had a, yeah, it was a you'd fucking travel for like a day. Yeah, and people would reward you for making the effort and maybe sway your vote by getting you boozed up. Be like, hell yeah, vote for vote for Washington. And if yeah, if uh, you know, not Washington's not are going to give me booze, but Washington isn't, I'm going to vote for Washington. So I made my fucking yeah. I made the whole way out here. They're like, oh, what's your position? Uh, my position is here's some alcohol, and you've got my vote. All right. Good man. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also read a thing about um, Martha Washington used to make this thing called Cherry Bounce, which is like a certain type of brandy with a bunch of different uh, sugar ingredients. But apparently he would refuse to even leave the house until he had that. And there was times when they're like, hey, we have to go. There's like, we have to get to whatever battle. And he's like, hey, hold on. We can wait for the cherry bombs. <laughs> like, nice. Priorities. Yeah. Just setting the gold standard for the being just an infantile man. Like, I'm not yep. going to do what I have to do until I get what I want. That's the stance. Yep. Setting the standard from number one on. Well, old, uh, old Washington and his uh, slave made booze. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of uh, checkered past and uh, complicated legacies. Yeah, I mean, clearly anybody from pre-Lincoln and even post-Lincoln, they're going to have, they're going to have stepped through some shit historically, whether they intended to or not. But yeah, yeah, he had the largest distillery (laughs) and he wasn't. You know, supporting the economy by paying hardworking Americans. He was uh, exposed, exploiting the, the system in place, which was, you know, a slave-driven economy, even in the North. So, it's, uh, yeah. if when we're taking a hard look at ourselves in the mirror and we're praising the father of the nation, that's part of it, along with his uh, wooden, quote-unquote, teeth, or <laughs> that weren't, weren't wood and weren't from a white man. That's another thing came up with Jefferson and his his wine addiction. He was just trying to make a bacchanal at uh, at Monticello. There seemed like, oh yeah, you're just kind of uh, trying to get a horny wine drunk going on with uh, all your your slave slash lovers. Yeah, it's it's a dirty, dirty past we have. Many, many skeletons. Yeah. I think he he was the one I read that he gave a pint of rum to each slave per day per workday or something like that to and again it's just enough to keep them working but just enough to keep them like pacified to the point where they don't pick up the fucking hat, hatchets and come after you in the night yeah all calculated calculated moves of there you go it really is bewildering that there weren't more instances of just widespread revolt because like i mean <clears throat> not to compare the current plight of anybody versus the plight of the, you know the slaves in the the height of american slavery but comparatively still the case like the people the working people who are most exploited have the numbers but somehow were kept in place by it's passive it's almost like 
It's almost like it was designed that way. Yeah. It's odd like that. Yeah. We support I think the thing with those revolt things is, like, no one was organized. Like, you just had your tiny little, your plot of land that you were on. You didn't, like, see the the wider picture. You just thought that was the way life was. I don't know, but. Yeah, that's a good point. And there wasn't any, any, uh light at the end of the tunnel that anybody could have been like, it could be like this. Like that's, if that's all, yeah. you know, that's all, you know. And if you were born into it, the dream of anything more would have been pretty groundbreaking. Unless, unless you're, you're just a straight up badass like Harriet Tubman, where you're like, I'm just going to go get everybody out over and over again. Yeah. I'm going to leave. And then I'm going to go get other people to leave a lot. Yeah. But she doesn't get a fucking holiday, but our presidents do. I think she's going to be on the $20 bill. Is that, yeah, would, I thought I saw that <clears throat> which coming is, up. Which is taking over Andrew Jackson, which perfect segue. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't read a lot about him. I started to listen to a podcast about him specifically, and I I just love this fact right off the top. Um, his dad died lifting a log. <laughs> which is okay. Oh man. Like he developed <laughs> that, that's- he developed health issues after lifting a log. He died, and uh, he was an Irishman, I think, believe an Irish immigrant. And his neighbors and friends and family all get, got so shithoused, they threw his coffin up onto a mule, or a mule-drawn sled, and on the way to the burial, they lost the coffin. <laughs> Because they were so hammered and not paying attention, they lost the body and the coffin on the way to the co- that that funeral. Sounds like a straight straight up great Irish wake. That that sounds like a great time. Yeah, that's how I want to go. Cel- celebration of life. But uh, I didn't make it too far into his his history. Do you do you have anything to add about old Stonewall? I didn't see much of it. Um, it didn't seem, he seemed like kind of like a lot of the presidents where he would throw these parties uh, to get drunk, but not, not show any signs of intoxication or anything. But the one, the one dude that I think came up in everything was uh, Van Buren, old blue whiskey van. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He was he such seemed a like, he seemed like a problem drinker. Yeah, was he the one that got gout from drinking too much wine, or was that somebody else? I, I think they all got gout. That was the main <laughs> thing that they're like, oh, they drank too much and then got gout. I'm like, okay, that doesn't really go into detail. But, um, yeah, it, he just seems like a like a short-of-stature man who liked to party and, and lived the finer things in life. Um, I, I saw after his, his presidency, he just decided to, I'm just going to keep, I'm going to go to French spas all the day, like all the time and keep drinking all day, every day. That's going to be my life now where you see like former presidents nowadays, like commit themselves to service. He's like, no, I'm committing myself to comfort. Why not? You did your time. You did your four years. Why don't go enjoy yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently a big part of his, his inability to be reelected was his drinking problem. His opponents would just bring up the fact that he just fucking got wasted and then that was that was enough to make sure he didn't get the uh, the full eight years. I like that stance of a, of attack ads during that time. Like, well, he just he drinks all the time. And like, yeah, it's seventeen uh, hundreds, man. Everybody drinks all the time. Yeah, I mean, what else did you have to do? Like, you didn't even have music available, let alone TV or the internet. Yeah, like the sun goes down. What do you do then? He got he drank so much wine that he got gout in his fifties. Which I didn't know that wine had any correlation to gout whatsoever, so it had to in also include his diet, but uh he was a drinky he was a whiskey drinker, hence the the name and uh let's see here well, that's a old marty van b that's uh give it up for him because yeah. I mean you know he he old didn't whiskey. Yeah, he didn't outlast the party. He left when he was supposed to. You know, he didn't linger the way that some some might. So, give it up for all. Yeah, he wasn't, wasn't there for a long time. He was there for a good time. 
And uh, I mean, he didn't get, do a good job, but he, he's not as me- he's not memorable enough that sure. we're, we're still talking about. Him. <laughs> sure. The only reason I really know anything about him is from that Seinfeld episode. Yeah, that's you know that's a legacy that he has to deal with. But yeah, and the long illustrious lineage that he's left us. One of the more depressing presidents <laughs> uh, that I read about was Franklin Pierce. And he is voted most drunk president because uh, he died of liver failure from drinking. And he wasn't... Oh, he was at 64, which back then, like, that that's something that's that... Run. Yeah, that was something that came up a couple times where I was like, I, what's, what's the fucking story here? Is it like... Because 64 seems really old for back then because he's the, the 14th president, so I don't know what age that is. But it's still... It's pre, like... Yeah, Let's say it was like the 1850s. Yeah, so I mean that that seems like a good run considering the way that the fuck it, he wasn't so much a partier as I think he went through a lot of shit. He uh, he lost all of his kids uh, who died pretty young. The oldest one made it to 11, who died in a train wreck in front of him, nearly getting decapitated. So yikes! That sounds like some Oregon Trail shit. Yeah, seriously, it's and like similar to uh, uh, Jackson's dad, uh, Franklin Pierce was in the Mexican American War as and he a brigadier general or something. He was pretty high up, and then he hurt this. And this sounds like some you know the start of uh, some draft dodging bullshit that presidents seem to be really good at. But he quote unquote hurt his leg falling off a horse, so he wasn't able to you know, perform his duties in the military for the Mexican-American War, but somehow makes it into politics. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I do, I do, I will shout him out, though, because he's the first president who, uh, and given his past, this seems completely, like, in line with his, this kind of thought. He was the first president to take his oath into office on a law book instead of a Bible. Probably because after watching your son nearly get decapitated in a fucking train wreck, <laughs> you m- might not have the m- closest relationship with the Lord. Yeah. You're like, uh, let's stick with the things I can control. <laughs> the law, I, I mean, the law seems, uh, this law seems, uh, you know, above board. I don't know about this God guy that seems to have it out for me. Yeah. So uh, he went on to drink himself to death. He was literally quoted uh, when he left office as saying, well, now there's nothing left to do but get drunk. So that's what he did, and then he eventually yep. died. <laughs> 17 minutes later. So cheers to you, Franklin Pierce. <laughs> Man, tough life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, every time somebody says shit like, uh, and it's usually like some pretty well-to-do uh white chick like i was born in the wrong century i'm like were you do you know what every other century was like it was way worse it's all terrible oh man who else we got on the docket sean i mean a lot of the ones around that time and after are kind of the same story of like yeah he drank a lot but he never showed it like effects of it um but until we get to like FDR, who used to get a little buck wild and and play the amateur mixologist, I think was the most interesting fact of that. He would just have parties and be like, "Hey, let's mix some drinks," you know, like a sixteen-year-old. <laughs> and everyone said it was terrible uh, because he used too much vermouth. So that kind of puts the the time date. Anyone who uses vermouth is is usually from that time period of like the thirties, but. Yeah, I mean, vermouth is kind of a, it's an odd one. Like it's a, it's in martinis, but besides that, you don't really, I don't really hear much about it. But again, I'm not the mixologist. But yeah, that was the first, that, that was the earliest person I've ever heard attributed to mixology, uh, which seems like a pretty new phenomena. Like the concept of making mixed drinks isn't, but that term itself seems yeah. new, like pretty new. But, um, yeah, I, I I do like that. It's interesting too, cause uh, like, you know, all these presidents have drank, and like we're we're known to drink, and we're known to have parties where people drink, but like, 
when Kennedy took office, that was the first time that uh, there was a bar in the state dining room, and like he got a world of shit hurled at him from the public about it, like how poor it was going to make, like how classless it was going to make the United States look. <clears throat> and maybe that yeah. has to do with like, uh, you know, the media and just that like things being like speaking of FDR, like, you know, things were private back then. Not everybody knew. Not everything was public knowledge. Uh, you know, you assume things like everybody does whatever, you know, they have, people have drinks, people have wine, whatever, but then like maybe seeing it, uh, in, in newspapers or whatever, uh, maybe that was what caused, um, the, the it's, backlash, but not to skip it. It's also, then. it's also a weird thing. Like you kind of see this with like our prohibition episode where, Everyone thinks that we're better than we actually are in America. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, well, we don't do that. That's ridiculous. And you're like, you did that last week. Well, yeah, but we don't need to talk about that. Like, we do it. Weird delusion of like who we think we are and who we actually are. Well, we do it, but we don't talk about it. Or it's not, it's like, um, yeah, you know, everybody, everybody has sex, but you don't talk about it because that's, that's dirty and classless. So like we just we only do it to produce children, not for pleasure. Like we we yeah. don't, you know. It it is that like old school hypocrisy of like I, I don't even know what to call it, but it's just like everybody you know people are doing it. Everybody wants to do it, but when you talk about it or when you celebrate it, you're a whore or a drunk or you know, yeah. whatever. It's the same thing that it was like it was controversial, uh to show a toilet flush until the movie Psycho. That was the first time the toilet flushed in a movie. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah. It's a little fun fact of dumb things. But, um, yeah, I mean, speaking of prohibition, like the, the actual law was what it didn't, you were still under prohibition. You were still allowed to drink alcohol up until a point, but you were not allowed to make it. You were not allowed to sell it, and you were not allowed to transport it. So as long as it was free and uh, you know locally available, it was fine. But it was illegal. So it's like the, it was like this Bill Clinton. Uh, I I smoked, but I didn't inhale thing. Where it's like, what yeah. the fuck are you talking about? Like just what 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 point are you proving? And who like where what angle are you coming at me from? Because it's it's hard to navigate here. And at the end of the day, like. No one really cares. It's no. just like, uh, well, all right, whatever. But nobody cares it until it has a direct influence on your life, or like any, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, nobody cares about uh, opioid crisis until it's your kid, or you know, they're it's they're on your property shooting up or passing out or whatever. That's the same old story it's always been. I mean, people really need to take more refined stance to uh like lbj did where instead of like trying to avoid drunk driving you reinforce <laughs> your car so you can drunk drive that was that was the best thing i read about him uh i know he has a complicated history as well but when you love drunk driving so much not just drinking <laughs> you love drunk driving yeah he would literally pull over and put his glass out to get a refill <laughs> Man, so. that's, uh, that's impeccable. And you reinforce like your undercarriage and your bumper. So when you run into things, it doesn't ruin your car. Yeah. Cheers to LBJ. Yeah. The BJ. I didn't read a lot about him. Can you fill me in a little bit more on what old That's pretty much it. Lyndon Baines? I think a lot of it. I think a lot of it was uh, kind of couched because of uh, how much he liked to drink, but. Well, that's when you were still allowed to keep, that's when you were still allowed to keep secrets. Like, like the fact that FDR kept his uh, paralysis under wraps for like well into the war. It's yeah. like that. You could never do that. Like a, like his entourage used to like punch photographers that were trying to get it like shots of him in, <clears throat> in a wheelchair and shit. Like, and the effort they went to 
there's so many like secret tunnels and hidden driveways and things like that to get in and out of the lighthouse. Like it would have been easier to just start a whole new campaign. It's like, yeah, I got an issue. This is it. But some folks, times, I guess. He was number 36. Did he, I, I don't know LBJ's history. He, uh, so he took over after Nixon. No, he took over after Kennedy, after Kennedy was assassinated. Okay. Speaking of prohibition and Nixon, let's bring it. Let's bring in our old uh, Irish Catholic uh, East Coast John F. Kennedy, the first Roman Catholic, the man that put the first bar in the state dining room. Yeah, uh, I saw a lot about him. Like no one could confirm or deny if he was a big drinker. Everyone just kind of assumed it because he was like Irish Catholic, which I think is racist, incredibly <laughs> insensitive. Yeah. <laughs> Very insensitive, but uh, I mean, he certainly sounded like somebody who drank <laughs> that fucking I mean, ass sure. accent. Like, can you imagine sure, that? Like, making indebted to the mo- Sean. I would like What's you that? to take a moment and just imagine making love to John F. Kennedy with that fucking accent in your ear, <laughs> and <laughs> tell me how wet you could possibly get. Uh. Yeah, not. It's, it's the same as like a Midwestern accent. Oh, oh yeah. sure. Oh, that's it. That's it. Right there. Oh, yeah. Give it to me. Hey, right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Nothing will peel the paint off a boner harder than a Yinzer woman's accent. Like that fucking <laughs> gravelly smoker Yinzer accent. I can, like, if you want to last long in bed, I think that might be it. Just. <laughs> just imagine every word coming out of her, her mouth just soaked in Marlboro Reds and fucking Iron Cities. <laughs> just Yeah. You're just gonna put up record record time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's that's my complicated relationship with the uh the Midwestern accent. There's points where I hear people talk and I'm like, Do I sound like that? Come on, guys. <laughs> well, sometimes it's kind of cute. And, like, I heard a, a Canadian woman speaking, and I was like, wow, this is adorable. And I've heard, like, Chicago women and, and you know, Minnesota. Yeah. Sometimes it's like... Canadian is Canadian's the most adorable accent because it's just, yeah, you can't really get mad at it because they're so, they're so polite. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Say about again. About... <laughs> Oh yeah, I was just getting a joint and then a book, like we walked around the corner. That's getting kind of Minnesota though. I wonder, yeah, like, it's, it's odd how like it probably did kind of origin. It's probably French, like that French influence from the Midwest when the fur traders and then they like just. I don't know if they came south or. I north. think it's a lot of uh, like Scandinavia. Oh yeah, that's German. Fin- that Finnish UP type. Ooh. Yeah. Oh yeah, don't you know? Yeah, they're yeah, and but that probably like navigated north and just a bit, you know, melded into this whole new polite, adorable yeah thing. Regardless, um, yeah, those accents are great. We're not we're not disparaging any of it. It's, yeah, that's that's something that I don't agree with. Like when you do an accent or you imitate a voice or something. I don't understand why that's a negative. Like I like these voices. I appreciate them. And I, like, I like the way that different regions and different people sound. And sometimes it's fun to imitate them and it's not derogatory. And why? Like I, (laughs) I watched an episode of the Simpsons and counterpoint to what I'm saying is like, Krusty was doing the, like, you know, the old, um, I believe Japanese stereotype with like big buck teeth. I think it was the emperor that they were imitating. I I don't want to fucking imitate it, but it's, yeah, don't, it's, don't do that. It's bad. It's really bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, R's or L's and the whole whole nine. But so like that, I get. But like, I think it's it's just easier to err on the side of caution on that, where it's like anyone could take offense to being like mimicked. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, hey, you're not from here, you can't say that. But yeah, fair enough. But to to our point, I guess, at 
John F. Kennedy. <laughs> That's an accent you can make fun of all fucking day. <laughs> I think it's because uh, the Kennedys are so privileged. It, it oh, doesn't yeah. hurt them. Well, but. I was, because uh, I just, like, I'd always heard that uh, the Kennedys had made their wealth through bootlegging. And Yeah. Joe uh, Kennedy is yeah. like a, a big mob dude. That's the reason John F. Kennedy kind of got into power, I guess. If TV documentaries have taught, taught me anything, it's that. Well, that it could be potentially true. The things I was reading were, that's a conspiracy that was uh, kind of perpetuated after JFK's assassination because they were trying to link a mob connection to the assassination. And they're like, well, what what's he doing? Why would the mob care? Blah, blah, blah. And was, it's like, oh, well, you know, Al Capone knew uh, Joe Kennedy and blah, blah, blah. And like, but like, apparently Nixon, to smear campaign JFK, he did this like extensive search to like dig up any dirt he could kick it on the Kennedy family. And he could not connect any like any discernible dots from the Kennedys to actual bootlegging. What Joe Kennedy did do, however, was probably with a little, you know, wink and a nod at the end of Prohibition, he start he got the framework set up to start uh, importing booze, gin, mainly gin and whiskey, I think. And so when Prohibition was lifted, he had like first crack at just selling cases and cases of the shit once it was legal again to sell but in terms of producing it they could like the one article i read which isn't extensive and there's probably you know a lot of dirty dirty dealings and the reason why they're the family made it as far as they did is because they you know didn't leave any loose threads so you know they could have i don't know but apparently that was a the it's a conspiracy that kind of got perpetuated after the fact to, to make sense of it but in reality yeah i mean it also it also makes like a, a more interesting story where it's like this family of crime and then politics and then he gets killed and then marilyn monroe and all these things so like i could see how that that could all be spun to kind of fit a narrative well there's so many like that's the thing is because he was such a philanderer jfk that like you know there's any number of uh people involved there's any number of like uh i mean lsd is another one because it's like there's a theory uh because he one of you know G- marilyn monroe is not the only woman outside of the jfk marriage supposedly like i, f- I forget this lady's name but it was a, a woman who was a big part of the timothy leary lsd movement who was you know sh- he, she was also having an affair with jfk and, you know, her her and Timothy Leary had this, like, conspiracy within, the, you know, their circle to dose the people in power with LSD to avoid a nuclear war and to mitigate a nuclear threat because it's like, I, I mean, I've, I don't know, oh, okay, clearly if you do acid, you're not going to want to blow up the world. Because <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know that, the connection there, but that seems kind of a stretch. <laughs> like, but the, it's just a right. Like, what if he has a bad reaction to it and he thinks that the demons are coming from the center of the earth? He's like, let's just bomb it all. Yeah, the, that that's another thing. But it was also like, uh, you know, with MK Ultra and everything else, it's just like you never know. You don't know. So it's just like yeah. there's there's a lot of con- just JFK. It's just a world of conspiracy in himself. So it's yeah. just the uh, there's even thoughts that MK Ultra was a a fake thing to divert people from other things. So I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing is you never know, and even any kind of it's like any kind of group project trying to like nail down anybody's motivations or grand goal. You're like yeah yeah you might be like maybe one person really wanted this one thing to happen but you know is everybody just a good soldier and gets their fucking <clears throat> their uh their charge and just follows through like I, I who knows man that's why like it's hard for me to ever believe like the QAnon or any kind of grand conspiracy it's like people don't keep secrets and 
Have you ever worked on a group project for anything ever? Because it's fucking terrible. It's impossible. Nobody's on the same page. Like, and to get everybody yeah. to just be quiet and do the thing that they say they're like. That's what's stuff about the QAnon. The few things I've seen about QAnon, it just seems so lazy and tangential of like, well, see, he, he ate steak that day. And later, uh, these cows went missing. And that's because he ate steak that day. And you're like, no, that doesn't really add up. It seems like the cows just went missing. I don't know. Yeah. I think most conspiracy theories are going to be, you can pick apart, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, dude, even a bar fight, trying to get the story straight of what happened and why. The amount of, like, hardcore shows I went to where a fight broke out and, you know, like, getting the story afterward, you're like, oh, well, they had a beef or... And then trying to figure out, like, any kind of linear thought. So if anything ever, like, just, comp- like, all fits together and makes sense and works in one fluid motion in one particular direction, I'm like, well, that sounds like bullshit. That sounds like somebody that fucking, like, took a really good screenwriting or playwright class and they're like, oh, I have these themes and I'm working towards with this. It's like, life doesn't work yeah. like that. Like, it, like somebody looked at you wrong you were in the wrong mood, shit went down, and then you, like, made up the narrative after the fact. And good for Donna you. Donna denied me a date, so I wanted to punch somebody, and then I punched somebody. <laughs> yeah, I had to deal with an emotion that I didn't want to deal with, and this is what happened. So, thank you, Donna. Thanks for ruining the night, Donna. Way to go. It's always a woman's fault. Can we just always, can we just agree? <laughs> can we just agree? Yeah. <laughs> has nothing to do with the repressed lizard brain of, of men. Listen, it, it, clearly, like, it's not uh, it's not the fact that we won't go to therapy. It's not the fact that we're not allowed to experience emotions growing up or we don't have any this, you know, beautiful interconnected relationship with all our friends where we can just air our emotions and things and just all be lifted up in this self-help sphere, which I just all yeah. women have, clearly. Like, they're just bored into this super supportive infrastructure, obviously. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. All right. Well, we're canceled, and... Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. We're, that's the thing, is, like, we're all trying to just do the best we can with the people that are around of us. And thankfully, I got people like Sean Burke, who are... Just so smart and so sweet and so, like, uplifting. So, like, I am so privileged. But, like, not every, you know, not everybody has a Sean Burke in their life. So it's... That's male, true. It is a rare, it's a rare luxury. Yeah. And, like, God damn it, I'm fucking... I, I appreciate it. But, like, my point is, <laughs> male, female, other... I don't know if other is as encompassing as it's supposed to be. Like, whatever you are, you probably... Most people don't have... The uh, the network of people you probably need to get uh, encouraged or you know most people don't get the love they actually need and deserve, Sean. But that that's true. I'm not that's trying. Hundred percent true. Yeah. Right. I'm not trying to shit on people that don't have that, and I'm I we joke because that's what we're here to do. We're trying to joke, and sometimes we yeah. poke fun. But yeah, if you want facts, go to another podcast. But yeah. Uh, if you want uh, half-read articles regurgitated by a couple of people potentially with a drinking problem, then you yeah. come to the right place. If you're looking for somebody with facts, don't come to a person at 2 o'clock in the afternoon that's already on the third beer. That is so incredibly accurate. <laughs> <laughs> they take our uh, advice with a grain of salt. We kind of touched on G-dubs. Oh, how about Barack? Barack, uh, I don't know, man. Like, there's just so many presidents, and, like, the more we... I mean, Trump was kind of an exception, and I guess Biden, too, because he's... Apparently, he doesn't drink because of his family, which... <clears throat> yeah, he, he saw too much uh, alcoholism uh, throughout, which seems like more of that, that Irish stereotype. Like, a few of the articles I, had, I read were, like, yeah, his uh, 
so and so's uh, mother's maiden name or something was Finnegan. So yeah, that family was a bunch of alcoholics. And I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> like that's uh, fight down on the the Irish stereotypes. But um, yeah, I had drinks with an Irishman the other day, and he was the most tempered of all of us. <laughs> yeah, because they also like have but, a drinking culture that like it it isn't this like forbidden fruit where. You know, in America, it's like you turn 21 and it's just like all hell breaks loose while you figure out how to do it right. Where it's like in Europe and elsewhere, it's like, all right, well, here we do these things and it's not that big of a deal and you learn how to deal with it. And sometimes you go overboard, but, you know, you, you recalibrate and you figure it out. And over here, it's like you just put somebody in a fucking cage for 20 years and then they turn 21 and you're like, all right, figure it out. Man, I I wish I would have had the foresight to understand how insane the shit I was seeing was back then. But like, I remember, so we used to hang out at this like parking lot, very true to the podcast name. Very on brand. Yeah, very on brand. But like, it, it was this lot where we would, it was lit at night, we would skate, and I. it was like, I remember the first week when college came back in, and I was like, a, I, I wasn't a freshman, but I was a, like maybe a year or two in. It was like on Pitt campus, so University of Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania, and I literally, like, people would just get fucking shithoused. It's a college town, there's yeah. frat houses, it's just, you know, it is what it is. It's fun. And you're doing your thing. But I literally, like, I saw this, He, he like, if he was 100 pounds soaking wet, I'd be surprised. And it was just like, like a war scene. He just, like, was passed out on the ground, puke everywhere. He looked fucking dead. And it was just like, yeah. that was just one of many, where it's just these kids let loose on college campuses, and, like, some of them, they're not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, and me it's like the civil war you can see by the the wounds that that person has sustained uh, he's not gonna make it yeah e- like either that was the last time that kid ever drank because he's dead <laughs> <laughs> or he woke up and learned his lesson you know or he found jesus yeah yeah maybe but I feel like that that's a microcosm of the, the college experience because I feel like I've seen that a lot too where you're like Man, how is that person? Oh, oh God, that person is actively vomiting, and it is eleven a.m. Like, what oh, is man. happening? Yeah. Also, just like the amount of people that I've seen puke at bars and keep drinking. I'm like, then I, yeah. And fuck, I'm I probably have done it myself. It's just like, I feel I feel like if you don't live in New Orleans and you do that, you're an amateur because <laughs> I feel like I feel like New Orleans has a grasp on that that act <laughs> very. Yeah, very professionally like <laughs> earned. Like I've seen a bunch of people puke on the street and continue a conversation. It, it just seems like everyone else is an amateur. They're, they're pros down there. They know they know what they're doing. Everyone else doesn't. Yeah, the New Orleans State bird is a mama bird puking into a younger mouth, arm in arm with another girl having a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. The yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> God bless Louisiana. Yep. A magical place. Yeah. Uh, if this shit ever ends, Sean, how about you and I head down there? Yeah. Let's, let's do that. It's been a while. Well, you got any more presidents to uh, bring up their drinking behavior? Uh, not really, other than... Dick Cheney's uh, oh, yeah. many DUIs. Dude, and how that presidency... Oh, God damn, man. Like, I feel like I don't know a lot about it other than what I saw in Vice and kind of read kind of cursory after, but it seemed like that was just the thing to do. Like, you get drunk, you get, you know, a DUI, and then you get sent home, and whatever, that was a Tuesday. Like, it seemed like that was the main thing. Well, yeah, the pr- penalty was... The first year was 150 bucks. All right, put in context. Dick Cheney got DUIs in back-to-back years. 
in the first year, I think his penalty was 150 had, bucks. To, to be fair, I've had friends that have gotten DUIs in back-to-back weeks. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, think, I think he's doing pretty good. I think yeah. he didn't get caught. But did they end up being world-class war criminals that just fucking made millions and millions off of an unfounded war? Oh, no. No, not at all. My favorite story is our f- Jerry, my friend... So they were, I think they were like, t- they got fucking shit housed. I assume a Steeler game. Uh, they were driving home. Well, their buddy got pulled over because in from a Steeler game where everybody's probably fucking shit housed because the tailgating down there is it's basically a mo it it's a weekly college campus. Yeah. So he gets pulled over. He gets a DUI, and there's three other people in the car. They call their buddy to get a ride out of there. He picks them up drunk. He gets a DUI. <laughs> cops are like, I'm going to make my quota today. That's <laughs> yeah, it. this is... Anybody else want to try? <laughs> so, but like... And this was before Ubers and shit. In Pennsylvania, like getting a cab... Even here, like prior to Uber and Lyft and everything, like getting a cab wasn't fucking super easy. Like even no, he, and it's crazy expensive. Yeah, like and like it's not not doable. Dude, it was such a pain in the ass. Even with the fucking oh, mash your finger down on seven until somebody answers phone number. <laughs> yeah, it's like call seven 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 seven. But like, yeah. getting anybody to actually show up, like that's when <clears throat> when cab companies were starting to revolt when Uber was really picking up. I'm like. Fuck you and your shitty business model. Like you, I'm sorry. Like you're a, you're a fucking coal miner. Like I, there are other options available that are better. Yeah. I'm sorry that you didn't you're adapt. Gonna, yeah, that's, yeah. I I don't know why. Like we hold on to this. Like well, we got to take care of coal country. Like why? Why do we need to keep doing this thing? Why can't you adapt? It was like well, I don't make enough and as much money. And it's like yeah, that fucking sucks. You know who else doesn't make as much money? A lot of people. Anybody that worked for a print media <laughs> fucking entity. Yeah. Like now you're scraping and surviving off $150 per article for a 40-hour project. Like sorry. Like we all have to make concessions with the new world that's developing. Uh Yeah. I'm sorry you don't go get to get to dig in a deep dark hole and escape your family and come home and beat them. I'm disparaging an entire area and group yeah. of people. I don't care. They I'm don't... tiptoeing around it because it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> I understand you get you get locked into your system, but yeah. Listen, clearly, coal miners are a big part of our demographic, and I'm willing yeah. to lose them. It seems like you have a very specific bone to pick with some coal miners, so I'm going to... I'm going to tiptoe on that. All I'm saying is West Virginia is a beautiful, beautiful place filled with very backwards thinking people. (laughs) Uh, I mean, it's the same thing in Detroit. Like Detroit put all their eggs in the automotive basket and then the automotive companies were like, hey, we're going to move this all to Mexico and pay them half of what we pay you. So like it's not really their fault. So I understand, but. Yeah, it's all about diversifying your portfolio, motherfucker. Like, Pittsburgh could have died, too, when the steel industry left, but it didn't because it had uh, a solid medical department. It had uh, world-class schools, so it's got an influx of new people, new talent, new employees. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, you did. You put all your your eggs in one basket, and it came up cracked. Like, it's not my fucking fault. Like, I'm sorry, like, AAA, like, you got fucked. I didn't do it. The government did it. AAA did it. Come after them. All right. Well, we, have we alienated enough people? <laughs> yeah. I'll stay to the side while the group of coal miners come after you, so. Yeah, I'm going to get beaten to death by an ex-coal miner turned mechanic. Yikes. Yeah. Hey, man, we all got to go some some way, so if I got to get beaten to death by a wrench that's got caked in coal as well as motor oil, you know, what what a more American way to die. That's very true. As long as uh, John Cougar Mellencamp is playing in the background, <laughs> Little Pink Houses, that'll be, that'll be your slow, your slow fade to black. On repeat. <laughs> Make everyone feel very uncomfortable. 
All right. Well, the presidents are garbage. They're all war criminals. Yep. <laughs> uh, they all got gout. Stop waving their flags. They don't give a fuck about you. And uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> feel like this could be a... Uh... This 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 one could be broadcast from a bunker somewhere. Like, yeah, we're, we're prepping. We're we got all our canned goods. We're good. Goddamn right. I uh, <laughs> I got Smith and Wesson stock. I'm buying up bullets. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna buy a fucking thing to make my own bullets. There you go. Make it a hobby. Oh god damn it! Here we go. Waco. <laughs> Yikes. All right. You want to end it there? Yeah, I think that works. All right. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us on this very special President's Day uh, mattress yeah. sale episode. Yeah, I enjoy your new orthopedic mattress. Uh, fill it full of money and gold and silver because our currency is based on nothing. And uh, yeah. yeah, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.